Hi everybody, this is Julia from CT Improv, and I am here with Vlad the Improver, otherwise known as Vladimir Perez, and it's Friday night, and we've cracked a bottle of wine, and we're going to learn everything about him. Yes. (laughs) So Vlad, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and how you got into improv. Um, I'm from Wallingford, Connecticut. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York, but um, let's just say Wallingford for all the Connecticut lovers. Wait, what about all the Brooklyn lovers? They're not listening to this. <laughs> uh, I got into improv because I wanted to get into acting and comedy somehow. I really didn't have the balls for to try stand-up cold. <clears throat> I, I never came from any type of theater background or anything, you mm-hmm. know, played sports in, in high school and everything, and I never did, you know, I, I just never went along with that want. So how, wait, what sports did you play? Uh, football and hockey. Mm-hmm. I gave up on baseball in high school. I had the two fucking assholes that were all-star second basemen that they went on to, like, great schools. And, like, I was a second baseman, so I was like, I'm not fucking dealing with this. Aww. No, they were, like, a, like a, the best players on the team. <laughs> so I had no shot. Oh, wow. Well, well I'm, I'm sure you're an amazing hockey player. No. I was all right. What position did you play? Uh, right wing. Uh, I'm just sounding like I know what I'm talking about. But I'm That's all right. What's this about? <laughs> um, so <laughs> what, you, what's this podcast about? It's about whatever. It's about you. Oh. Um, so then you got into improv. Um, how, so how did you, what was the first class or workshop that you took? Uh, I found, um, one of Matt Newfeld's classes in Farmington and, uh, I was living in New York at the time. Uh, I was working in production and like, I knew I, w- I was just waiting to get back to Connecticut. I knew I had a few months off before my next job. Had you seen improv before? No, never seen it. The only reason why I wanted to do it is because. I didn't know what to get into, and I was just, you know, I'm a, I don't know if the people who know me know this, when I'm into something, I'm a notorious stalker on the computer. <laughs> that like, is true. And, like, it's just, like, I want to get into improv, or I want to be, and get into UCB, and all I do is have my voice crack during a podcast. <laughs> 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 you know, but all, all I do is stalk what I want, and it just, you know, because it leads the way if you do your research. And, yeah. like, I just, all my favorite actors, they were all, at that time, when I was doing it, they all had, like, improv on their, like, wiki pages and all that shit. Like, somewhere along the line. And it just made, you know, it's just like, all right, well, this is what I got to do yeah. to start. And I, you know, I never knew it was going to be something I li- loved so much. But Yeah. So you took a class with Matt. And how long ago was that? Uh, long time ago. It was, um, like, January of 08. Okay. Oh, so... Not long before CT. So how, describe the process of meeting and beginning CT for our listeners. From that, what point? Yeah, so you took a class with Matt and then what happened? Uh, Dan was actually, in the, me and Dan's first day was together. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, I, I, there was a few people, you know, you liked right off the bat. Uh, me and Dan were actually the only people that came back to the, in Hartford. Yeah. From Farmington. So you're like, that Dan Russell, he's amazing. I was hoping he was, but he wasn't there when I came to that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then I, I wasn't ended there up dropping either. out. Um, See, I, don't, I barely remember any of that. All I remember was like, Dan's not here, I'm out of here. 
Oh, well, yeah, Dan wasn't there, and I, was, I wasn't I was there. I was still living in New York. And uh, so Greg, Summer, and Kate were in that class, and then you showed up for one class and dropped out. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> True story. Um, I missed one legitimately. And then the third one, it was just like you know, the beginning of football season, and I was like shit-faced, and it was time to, for class, and I was like, uh, I can't go. Yeah. So. Well, whatever. Serendipity. We all found our way back together again a couple months later. Um, and it's been good ever since. So how is, what do you lo- love about being in CT? What, what do you like about it? Uh, it's just a commitment level from everybody. You know, it's always been matched from the beginning. Yeah. You Can, know? Yeah. You mean like the amount of time we spend together and. I, it was one just thing- from the beginning. It was just like. Hey, you know, it's, you know, what, all right, what the hell do we do now? We had already spent tons of time together. We were trained as much as we could possibly be trained from, you know, Matt in in that particular form. It's like, what do we do? And like, once we were like, all right, let's just start a real group, you know, it was just kind of like everybody was on board at that time. You you remember it? Like every single person was, we were like going to war. There was no question. I mean, that I love that period of us hanging out in that classroom rehearsing for no reason. You know, we had no gigs, we had no classes, but everyone was there, and it was it was good times. Yeah, it was like, you know, there was no kind of curse. Yeah, there was no fucking around. <laughs> you already did. <laughs> oh, did I? Oh. Yeah, you said fucking assholes. Oh yeah, <laughs> they, were, they were fucking assholes for being good at what they do. I hate people like that. <laughs> so you mentioned you worked in production. Um, I know you lived in LA briefly, or you were there for a little bit, oh, yeah, and no, you've worked visiting. in production in New York. And so, what did you work on? Tell us about that. Uh, started kind of weird. I was working a job. I was like pretending that was Eminem, pretty much. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, it makes perfect sense to me, but. Um, <laughs> No, it was funny because like I had, you know, I was, I had was in between jobs, so I, I took a job with my friend, but I had to work second shift, fucking cutting uh, metal. Uh huh. Oh. And it was just like I felt like you know in that movie Eight Mile because all I wanted to do at that time I was like I got to move to L A to do shit. Uh-huh. You know, what I mean New York wasn't even in my mind, and that's because that's the people I knew were there, like my connections to for production at that time I was still thinking about performing and stuff. But I just figured if I do production, if I could just get the hell out of my town to begin with, mm-hmm. it'll give me confidence for the next move. That was my thinking. You yeah. Know? And so I was working second shift, you know, like Eminem in that in Eight Mile, you know. Did you, <laughs> like, did you lose, lose yourself in the music, the moment? I lost myself in the hours. Right? <laughs> I almost... Uh, I killed myself accidentally on the machine, and I was—I dropped like a ton in weight of metal, oh, and I uh, was like, you know what? I'm, <laughs> I'm <laughs> not leaving. worth it. Yeah, no, I finished my shift and like never came back. And then I that next week, I was on Craigslist and I saw an internship for a show, comedy show in Brooklyn. And I was like, all right, and like I ended up getting it, and it ended up being Flight of the Concords, and it just started a whole. New, it was it was literally went from, oh my god, I just almost killed myself. What the hell is going on? 
To where he unflighted the Concords. Yeah, and just, you know, starting a whole new chapter. So, what were you, what were you cutting metal for? I'm just curious. I don't know what that... I know, it's just, um... I don't know what the hell they did you with it. just cut metal? It was just, um... You know, you run a machine, you do some by hand. Uh, some... I didn't have to cut, just have to package it. I don't know, it was weird. I think they were making bombs, I don't know. <laughs> it was a German company, so... It's, all right. That's, I swear. And it was scary. So, so what was working on Flight of the Concords like? Did you know at the time that it was going to be this, like, hipster mecca of television? I had a feeling, but I thought it was going to suck because I, um, for starters, I was in the production office and I didn't do anything at all for, like, weeks. And I'm just sitting around all these girls, like, that were just on their computers and I'm like, what the hell is going on? You know, I wasn't doing anything at all. Mm-hmm. You know, like, stupid stuff, like, mail, going out and getting stuff, taking mm-hmm. food orders from people. And I was starting to be like, you know, this is kind of a waste because, you know, I wasn't making money, but yeah. I was, I luckily I had enough money from the other job and all, like, my f- fake, like, 401 stuff, whatever, that it had accumulated, so I was able to live uh-huh. without working. And then I was just saying, oh, man, this is getting terrible. Like, uh, I literally didn't do anything but chat online all day that is what internships are like it's crazy. really oh my god a lot of internships i mean i'm not saying they're good it's boring as hell and you don't really learn much but yeah and like there would be like yeah. one day where they're like oh here's some of the dailies and like i actually got to see something i hadn't i didn't even know what the hell the guys looked like <laughs> you know what i mean like because we were in the, the office yeah and i was just like i don't know what's this i would be like looking out the window like there's a world out there <laughs> and like, i don't know about but uh then one day it was awesome because it was a uh, boss from another department ended up like he lost his PA for his department mm-hmm. and um he was just like hey you know would you he asked him if they could have me and obviously I was they, he made a trade oh my god yeah he ended up like making the you trade of the century trafficked. yeah but it felt good because it was like <laughs> like I went from like the Mets to the Yankees in a trade you know what I mean zing <laughs> Bam. No, but seriously, it was huge because I went from that to be, I mean, I worked my ass off and did like the worst, you know, stuff you could imagine, but I was loving every minute of it because I was just around the whole, you know, I mean, I was on set every single day and I was, you know, seeing the city, you know, I was sitting in an office in Brooklyn. I hadn't lived there for, um, you know, I don't know how many years, like 13 years or something. You know, I was a kid. I was, you know, 13 when I moved. And the next thing you know, I'm in every part of the city you can imagine and, like, just getting, you know, used to everything again. And, yeah. it, you know, it was awesome. That is awesome. Man, wow. All right, so improv, modern day. So you are in two groups. You're in CT and you're also in Mobius, which is a long-form group. Um, the 2011 Cage Match Champions. I'm sorry, the 2011, <clears throat> uh, is it... Just cage match, improv cage match champions. You're a champion. Feels good. I joined that team to get a ring. So, so what is the form that Mobius does? Um, mainly we did the funeral style. How does that work? Um, starts with a deck of cards. I don't remember. It's been a million years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Oh, uh, there's a car that labels you a murderer or a dead person. Mm-hmm. And if you get the dead person, you lay down in a funeral style and everybody starts. That's our opening. Yeah. One by like one, funeral, everybody. Right? Yeah, it starts like a funeral. One by one, everybody's endowing themselves. And, you know, maybe something or other about the person who's dead. Mm-hmm. But then it goes back in time and it relives the last seven days till we find out what happened to this person. Yeah. I really like it because it's so character-based, you know. I mean, obviously the killer and the victim are technically the most important people, but since it's essentially a mystery, you know, every character and every relationship matters, even if they eventually end up being irrelevant. So I really like it. Although, definitely the best time I ever saw it was when you drew both cards and ended up having to kill yourself. Yeah, it was crazy. I never, I hadn't done either of the other cards at, <laughs> at that time when we were still practicing it, I never was the killer or the dead person. And then I got them both at actual show. But, you know, luckily, Vlad the Improver. That's, you know, at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, I'll take that seriously. <laughs> yeah. Just probably delete that. Nope. <laughs> um, but, it's no, it's really, the fun part about that style is just the, um, acting you know what I mean like you're improvising but at the same time like you're it's really focused on the acting you know you're not thinking about you know like in Harold or or UCB style like you're not thinking about game as much like and you find stuff sometimes a little bit easier because you're just worried about being true to your character and the other person who everybody else is and then you find stuff that way and but it's just like you know there's nothing else to worry about you're just concentrating on who you said you were. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we should explain for our listeners, game is essentially the idea that in a scene you want to follow a pattern or an idea in a, like play with it, you know, kind of try to find heightened examples of it or bring it to new places or use the game in different situations. So can you think of a good example of a game you've been in that you loved? You know what? Every time I try... Like, if I try to explain to my non-improv friends, I always come up with the worst. <laughs> it's just horrible. I'm like, why the hell? I'm trying to impress these people. I'm thinking of the worst thing in the world. Okay, um, I have a good example. All right, so Greg and Joe had that scene where they were boxers. You were? But that is a clear game. So uh, they were boxing, and then they started talking while they were boxing and yeah. kind of becoming friends. So each time it returned to the scene, they were closer and closer buddies. Right, so, and, and that's, so that's the game. Like they, yeah. they were boxers that actually, instead of you know being competitive and hating each other like boxers do, they were had never you know known each other and actually were probably should have been best friends their whole yeah. lives. Similar dudes punching each other's faces off. Right. Okay, so let's talk about because I know you've been thinking about this. Your comedy influences. Who do you love? What. Ooh. What comedians or general funny people do you love? It's so hard to uh, go past like a certain number because I know there's more. Well, just you know? start freestyling, uh, man. I You're Eminem. Say <laughs> Eminem. <laughs> no, um, well, hip hop definitely influences everything I do. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's who I am. You know, I I still haven't read the Tao of Wu. But I was looking at it, and I've been listening to things about Wu-Tang Clan, and we 
we operate in a kind of similar way. Oh, definitely. My, one of my friends who I, like, every time he asked us stuff like that, he said it completely on his own. What do you mean? He was like, there's definitely some type of, like, you know, Wu-Tang style where you guys did everything. And I was just like, oh, yeah, that's without a doubt. Yeah, it's like we each have our own very, very distinct, you know, personalities and solo careers. And yet, <laughs> you know, I've, I've heard interviews with Method that are like, oh, when we fight, we fight so bad. And then, but we just all love each other. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> all right. So, <coughs> Wu-Tang. But who, what comedians? I mean, you love comedy. You love a lot of comedians. So, who do you love? Uh, you know what? I'd probably say Chris Farley. He probably influenced me more than I even know when I was a kid because it's like certain shows that I've had to do, like my solo ones or whatever. Like I was watching Best of Him just to be like, you know, that's the kind of commitment you have to have. He's so uninhibited. Yeah, but it's just like, you know, it's just like he's large and in charge. Like he's so big, but he like, everything he does, I mean, he's hilarious. But besides that, it's like he just... Gives every single ounce of him into whatever he's doing. And that's what makes it hilarious. If he wasn't, if he didn't have like the pedal to the metal as much as he did, probably wouldn't have been as funny as he was. But he was, he's never took a minute off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Never. Yeah, he never hesitates. Yeah, he always went as far as he could go in, you know, whatever role it was. So it was just, you know, genius. But, um, you know, that whole era, you know, like Sandler... It's huge to me. I mean, like, his first few movies was just like, holy crap. You Wait, know? what's your favorite Adam Sandler movie? To have you go more. Me too. Me too. It was just everything I ever wanted. Him, <laughs> him in a movie. Hockey. You know. He's playing golf. It was just so retarded. Beating up an old guy. Bob Barker. Anyways. Um, Greg likes Billy Madison, right, Greg? Oh, that's I love that one, too. But, uh, have you go more is just more of a movie. It's a great movie. You know, what? Friends listen it, to Endless Love even, in the Dark. <laughs> but, you know, you've got to say that because Adam Sandler movies are crazy sometimes. It's just like, you know. I think it's pretty down to earth for an Adam Sandler movie. That one? Happy Gilmore? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. He's just good at golf. There's no like. <laughs> Billy Madison barely makes sense. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then it's like, or like 50 First Dates where it's like, why would anybody want to date somebody who doesn't remember shit? <laughs> Every day. I'd be like, you know what? I, I'm out of here. <laughs> at least take a few days off. Yeah, I'd be like, I'm, you know what? I'm going to go on a six-month hiatus. <laughs> she won't even know anyways. Screw it. Like, it, you can't fall in love with somebody like that. Oh, it's a God. deal. That's a universal That's a deal, deal breaker, breaker. ladies. And men. <laughs> um, okay, so who else? Uh, Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Um, he's still got... Some of the best movies of all time. Like Shrek? No. <laughs> Do you know uh, Shrek's voice was supposed to be Chris Harley? I didn't know that. No. I know that yeah. Mike Myers did it in a different voice and then realized it should be Scottish for some reason and re-recorded the whole thing. It should be Fat Bastard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike Myers. You know, I mean, I was, you know, kid. Yeah. Like, Wayne's World was awesome. Nobody knows why. I think nobody, anybody who likes Wayne's World doesn't know why they like it, because it's so stupid. I love Wayne's World. Yeah, me too. I don't know why. Um, I have nothing, I have no, no similarities to the characters, and nothing, like, there's, 
You know yeah, what I mean? there's not like you know. I think it's simultaneously really smart and really stupid. It's kind of the same reason that people like Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, well, that's because Jim... Wayne and Garth aren't stupid. They're smart, but everyone takes they're them just... for granted. Yeah, they're just stereotypical rockers, I guess. I don't know. Except they're losers. Hey, my life right now highly <laughs> resembles Wayne Campbell. <laughs> highly. I play roller hockey outside sometimes. No, I'm just kidding. I used to. Oh, my God. I do shows by myself in my basement that nobody watches. Uh, did you watch that um, <laughs> Dana Carvey video that I sent you? Oh, no. Okay, uh, there's a YouTube video of Dana Carvey's SNL audition. Oh, I saw the Jimmy Fallon one. I didn't yeah, one. Uh, yeah, I sent out to RCT huh? list the uh, Jimmy Fallon, uh, Dana Carvey, and John Belushi. And John, John Belushi is like eight different Marlon Brando impressions. That's it. Like yeah. Marlon Brando never met He didn't even want him. Yeah. It's he only wanted him because he was fat. Oh, really? Yeah. He goes, you know what? We could use a guy that looks like that. Really? Fat people have their place in the world. Fat people are people too. Well, anyway, my point is that Dana Carvey tells this story about his brother. And his brother is Garth. Garth is modeled after his, like, four-year-old brother. Oh, really? So, yeah, you have to watch it. It's really cool. And, you know, just come from the comedy stalker. Or just an entertainment stalker. That is one of the hugest things in terms of people who, like, you know, SNL people or people who create characters. Mm -hmm. It always comes down to that. It's like Austin Powers is impression on some level or a bad impression of his of mike mars dad really yeah and hmm. this is you know i am an insomniac <laughs> i had a brain injury and like all i do is like, you know you know i go on these crazy kicks yeah when we visited yeah. you during your brain injury your <laughs> your netflix like recently watched instant cues <laughs> 20 hours worth of stand-up <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was, it was like, a really big stand-up kid glad watch a movie Oh, you know what? No. I was just, I, I went through all the good ones. <laughs> I was just, I was like matrixing through all the good programs. No, but uh, like Chris Farley's character, uh, I, don't, I can't even remember the name. The band down by the river. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, whatever. I'm blaming out right here. Anyways, that's loosely based on his father. Huh. Yelling at them like, because he said like, I thought I told you kids to shovel the driveway. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, and um, uh-huh. it always, like, they always do that. Like, it's, you do something, like, your father or, like, your family-based and, like, you know, everybody, all my friends, they love my impression of my father. Like, they're so retarded. And it's evolved over the years. But it's just, like, it's own character now. Like, oh, I've it, seen you do impressions of people that have turned into their own characters. Yeah, but that's how it's, that's, <laughs> like, that's how it starts. You do a great Greg. I love the Greg. Yeah, I, you know, I don't even... It just happens. You know, we all draw from our own life experience. And that's something that I really like about improv is that, you know, you have to take yourself. You can't really force yourself to take things outside of yourself. You know, you have to be open-minded. But at the end of the day, it's just you up there, you know. It's funny because sometimes, like, people will be like, oh, you said that to be funny. You're like, no, I said that because it's true. Or, like, it's true to me. Like, I had a scene in class a couple weeks ago. Where um, she was like, what? I was like, I don't like playing basketball anymore. And she, the girl was my mom. And she said, uh, why not? And I was like, because they always make me be skins. And, it was just, <laughs> and everybody thought it was a funny line. But in reality, 
I, my dad signed me up for basketball and, um, I went and the, like the, you know, we're doing drills. I sucked at basketball. I never played, uh-huh. you know, it just wasn't my sport. It was just like, Hey, all your kids are in the baseball team are on there. Like, uh, okay. But you know, I'm horrible. I don't, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I don't know what oh, I'm doing God, out there. Yes. I am the worst athlete of all time. I'm bad at any games you have to run. You know what I mean? Like, I'm literally baseball, you bad barely at have to run. Yeah. You know, football, all I had to do was hit people. You know, you don't have to run. <laughs> Hockey or skating, completely different thing. But um, then the, then at the end of the practice, I had to be skins. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? And I'm looking around, and there's a few kids that were taking their shirts off. It was all the freaking meteor kids. And one, even this huge fat kid goes, why are all the freaking fat kids on the skins? <laughs> I was like, it's a good question. And I wasn't even fat, but I felt bad for them. Yeah. But, they, but that was the truth in the scene for me. Yeah. So that's yeah, why yeah, I yeah. said that. But everybody thought it was just this line trying to be funny. Yeah. Like, they was making me skin. But no, it was, it was true. I was like, Dad, I'm not I'm fucking never going back there. Yeah. I had a scene with somebody in class where I was like, uh, I hate to be a word bitch, but that's not an acronym. That's an initialism. And it's totally true. I was just being myself, just taking someone down. And it was like, nope, that's not a game. That's just my grammar enthusiasm <laughs> but yeah that's where some of the best stuff comes from because it feels truthful it doesn't feel like an imitation of something else but it, it just still hits yeah. the same way as you know a punchline or a joke it does and nobody knows well and it hits it's it hits deeper because the skins line you know it's emotional too you know it's both a joke and and very very true and emotional so yeah that was a good one. That's a good example. <laughs> but um, uh, Martin Lawrence had a huge impact on me, you know, and his show, his stand-up was great, but his show was brilliant to me. And, like, he played 100 characters on his show. I've never seen it. You've got to be shitting me. No. He played his ghetto neighbor, that was a woman. He played his mom. He played his little nephew that always had, like, snotty nose. Uh-huh. He played some, uh, like, night guard, and he played, like, a karate master, but it was, it was so <laughs> stupid. But it was just hilarious. I mean, they weren't in every episode. You know, his roommate, Shanae, I mean, his neighbor, Shanae, would pop out probably the most out of all of them. But it was just normal sitcom, but every <laughs> randomly, <laughs> this, the show would start with him being somebody else, you know? And that's it was just, just someone having a great time. Oh yeah. Well, that's you know that's what Eddie Murphy like. He just he, you could be like here. Here's my idea. He's like, oh, as long as I get to play nine people, I'm happy. <laughs> and then they're like, okay. Okay, Vlad. We're nearing the end of the podcast, so you have to do what everyone else has done and mm-hmm. tell us five random things about you. Okay. That's cool. I, I did that already, and during the duration of the podcast. No, that was just you know. <sighs> okay. okay. Um. I love Planet Earth. <laughs> the miniseries or the planet? It's the miniseries. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Let me ask you another one. <laughs> Give me a prompt. Okay, no, I was looking at a coaster that has Earth on it, and I couldn't think. So, no, uh, let's do this for real. Um, I 
dare you? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Tell me. Okay. Um, no, seriously. What do I, what five things about me? I don't know. All right, tell us something about... I'm bald. Okay. That's yep. one thing about They wouldn't me. know that. This is audio. You're bald. Okay, tell us something crazy you did when you were 14. Yeah. Ish. Um... I found a dead body. <laughs> Shut up. Did you really? And then I had... I told my friend, do y'all want to see a dead body? Yeah, okay. Now, now, now I'm the point <laughs> yeah, of my, I know. Get out of here. Start stand t- by me. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're doing. Is that about the point of that where I'm just making a, uh, taking movie plots and applying it to my life? No, um... Uh, I don't know. What the hell? I, um... <laughs> I like to travel. Okay. But I never do. Alright. One. That's one. I mean, I can never do. That two years ago in L.A. is going to be like ten years. Was that two years ago already? Yeah. Wow. I know. Wow. Kill me. I thought I had it all figured out. <laughs> you sure did. Um, what was that? Two? Yeah, kind of, yeah. Oh, Just tell us The first one, I, I like Planet Earth. Okay, you do, you do like, you do like Planet Earth. <laughs> um, Alright, what's your favorite kids, what was your favorite movie when you were a kid? <laughs> Back to the Future. Oh, me too. Good one. Wait, which Back to the Future? All of them. Ugh, no. First I, I one only. I don't care. I know you don't. Oh, okay, three, four. I will, before I die, own a DeLorean. <laughs> Do they even make those anymore? They, they, they're all over the place. I stalked it. Okay. Now we're making connections oh, to baby. old jokes for our movie. <laughs> Uh, no, there's, and actually, there's like two gold-plated ones, and my dream is to have, and I, I'm not a rapper, but my dream is to have a rapper album cover. <laughs> but no album, <laughs> just the cover. Uh, uh, maybe it'll be a comedy album, but uh, me hanging out the DeLorean, the gold DeLorean door uh-huh. with gold fronts on my teeth, a gold medallion, and a gold AK-47. <laughs> and like, I, that's a, I can see it in my mind right now, it just looks so awesome. I want to see that as a comedy album. Yeah. That would be great. All right, one last thing. Deepest, darkest secret. Oh, those weren't secrets. <laughs> um, this podcast is dragging on for the, the two people that will listen to it. Um, I think that aliens are really God. Oh, shut up. Serious. All right. And you love planet Earth? You blasphemy. Why is that blasphemy? Well, I don't know. I think aliens are the God. All right. All right, bud. I'm a Scientologist. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm trying to move up in the acting world, baby. (laughs) Okay. Well, it was really nice talking to you. And I'll see you at rehearsal. Okay. CT. Say bye. See you.